0: Good evening and welcome to another episode of a cup with mental health I'll be honest I don't have a cup of this time because I've had quite a lot today So I've got a can of Diet Coke instead so you'll have to hold back on that one um, I have another guest with me today if she'd like to introduce herself
1: Hi so my name's Phyllida Thrift and I am a campaigns manager for the charity Changing Faces and uh, Lynn and I met at my TEDx talk recently and she kindly came up to me at the the very end and introduced herself and said would you like to come on my podcast and I said absolutely yes so that's why I'm here Ah,
0: and I do thank you very much because I was very nervous I'd never approached people to ask on it so yes I was uh, very nervous at the time so thank you for being so kind
1: no, I really appreciated it, it was lovely, it was really nice it's not, it's not often that people in this day and age actually go up and kind of introduce themselves and talk to each other um, I think we rely far too much on not saying anything to someone and then reaching out to them on Twitter later on that evening
0: <laughs> oh, I did spend five minutes going, go on, you can do it, you can do it <laughs> So um, what is your relation to mental health?
1: So my kind of angle, I mean, mental health obviously affects all of us, but my, the angle to which I have a bit more expertise is around body image, the way that our sense of self is kind of heavily influenced by the way that we look and the way that we feel about the way that we look. And the way that our bodies are perceived by others um, and how there is a lot of pressure to look a certain way in today's society um, and about how we can counteract that negativity um, by having a strong sense of self um, and not allowing ourselves to dwell too much on negative um, impacts
0: on our body image. And how is that? um how does that hold strong with you so i
1: my personal experience that kind of informs the way i think about this is around scars so i have a large facial scar which i got as a result of a car accident which was uh three years ago now and my personal experience around that was that It was a huge traumatic experience, to say the least, but obviously what I was left with, you know, was this physical kind of manifestation of that across my face, which is very obvious, um, both to myself and to others. So that's kind of my personal mark of something that I've been through Mm -hmm. that's kind of a constant reminder. And...
0: I've lost my train of thought now. Sorry, I do it all the time on this, (laughs) as my listeners know. (laughs) I lose track all the time. Um, So, you say this happened three three years ago. What was you? What did you first feel when when you realized you would have a scar on your face?
1: So, at first, I was very very apprehensive about what others would think. Um, I I mean, my first thought at the very kind of moment of the accident was, gosh, if I get through this, then what am I going to look like? Um, And to be honest, scars are the sort of thing that you don't think about until you have them. So you don't really know, you don't really understand what it's like for someone Mm. until you're in position. So We live in a world where we only ever see scars on villains and baddies in movies, um, and that's what we associate them with. So when we see them in real life, you can't help but have that kind of implicit feeling, like negative feeling towards people who have scars. Um, So, particularly as a woman, I found that really problematic because, you know, we are so conditioned to associate scars with ugliness and evil and vulnerability and I hated that something that was beyond my control had that you know, had such an impact on the way that others would perceive me. And especially as a you know, I was twenty two at the time. I you know, I was very young and I and I was a typical twenty two year old girl, you yeah. know, I, I liked to put makeup on, I like to go out, mm. I like to do my hair. And to suddenly have this huge thing on my face that's staring back at me when I'm doing my makeup every day was huge.
0: Yeah. Was it, was it also, did you see it as a reminder of what you'd gone through as well?
1: Over time, you know, it was a bit, throughout the whole, throughout this whole past three years, it's always been a reminder of what I've been through, but it started out as a very negative reminder. You know, it, would, it was constantly there. I would wake up every morning, having forgotten what happened, and then be faced with this scar that I somehow had to live with. Mm. Um, but over time, I got really sick of that sense of vulnerability, and I got really sick of—I mean, not that people necessarily did, yeah. but I think that people would pity me, and I hated that. I hated pity more than anything, and. When you have an accident, you know, or when you go through hospital, this is something that, near enough, everyone will experience at some point in their life, but you you revert back to being a bit like a child because you have to be taken care of, and, yeah. you know, I wasn't mobile because of various different um, broken bones and mm. injuries, and, and that completely took away my sense of independence, not to mention mm. my kind of day-to-day life was just hugely impacted by not being able to do anything so at that point I really did revert back to being like a stroppy teenager (laughs) and not appreciating the fact that my parents were helping me out massively I was just you know I felt like like the whole world was against me but over time I really started to hate that and I hated the pity and I hated I hated that I was kind of allowing myself to be to self-pity as well Um, and that was what took me out of it It was almost kind of an act of defiance against that and I can't pinpoint a particular moment where suddenly I kind of snapped out of it but at some point I just thought no I'm sick of this and this is one small minor detail of Mm. who I want to be and what I want to do and I'm not going to let it define that I'll, I'll let it be a reminder and I'll let it be a reminder in a positive way so a reminder of something that I've been through and see it as an asset because I'm stronger and I've come yeah. out of the other
0: side of it. See, uh, you say that as well. Uh, it wasn't, there, was, there was, wasn't was one part where you thought, right, that was your changing point because people tend to think that with that kind of mindset change that it comes from a like, an aha moment or a eureka moment that I must change my mindset and that one thing did it. Like, like you say, it was little things over time that eventually you got fed up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that I don't believe in those eureka moments. I just feel like, personally, they don't they don't exist for me. Mm. Um, I think things that, you know, small behavioural changes, small changes that kind of build up over time are what really has an impact. But either I've got a really rubbish memory... And I don't remember my Eureka moments, or they just don't really happen. Um, so I think, for me particularly, I don't have this great, you know, epiphany. It's just small, small behavioural changes and small attitudinal changes over time are what really has an impact. So mm. gaining a sense of independence back is is not just about going out and doing what you want to do. It's kind of Taking back control, so starting to do the little things in life that you can do. So starting to cook again, or starting to kind of wear the clothes that you like to wear again, and starting to use things like makeup again, which actually can be an incredibly empowering tool because it's it's time. You know, makeup gets quite a bad rep because people think that you're trying to conceal something, but makeup is actually something that you can devote time to yeah. and devote time to yourself and it and it's about kind of putting time in to do something that's purely for you.
0: Yeah, see you, you talk about uh, makeup and we'll go on to the subject of um, beauty, um, obviously like you said earlier when it comes to scars or anything that's not in the realms of norm for beauty should we say because that fills in a lot of different categories um, and something obviously because it is on your face it's so you can see it straight away there's no there's no hiding it and people say no you're using makeup to hide it it just wouldn't be possible unless that's a hell of a good makeup but I don't think there's that kind of bow <laughs> <laughs> but um, how did you get because I know since it is so you can see obviously see it straight away and people are going to stare, they are going to... A lot of people would take that, and I don't know if you went through where you have just look at yourself and go, well, oh, what the fuck's going on with my face? Whereas, <laughs> there would be... Because if it was me, honestly, I'd have to get past well, that part. I'm now allowed to swear as well. <laughs> oh, no, 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 you can swear, clearly. Oh, Yeah, not bothered in the slightest, yeah, you can swear. Um <laughs> Um, I find that like if it was me I know my personal first response would be oh my god like I feel within myself I'm ugly and then if people were to stare at it, it would enhance that until I would find my own way around it and I like how how what was your first feelings around that and how people stare and stuff like that
1: well, that's the thing because I read like you know in the first couple of months that was that was my mindset. You know, I had a fringe cut in to cover up as much of the scar as I could. Um, mm. For a long time afterwards, I would wear kind of I wouldn't go out without makeup, and I knew that you could still see it through the makeup. But I just wanted people to maybe see the fact that I had put you know some a face on. I like put mm. put a face on rather than kind of being resigned to it. Um, yeah. And I did. I changed the way that I dressed, and I, you know, I just thought about all of these things a hell of a lot more because I was so worried about what others thought. But then, partly out of partly out of laziness, I think for having to do all of that and all of that maintenance, and I just got fed up of it. I thought, you know, I just thought, why am I doing all of this for the sake of others? You know, it's about me. It's about what I want. To, what I want to show to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they want to stare, they can stare because. You know, I'm not. I'm not massively. I understand why people stare. We all stare, you know. It's whether it's something, whether it's like a something like a scar or a a disfigurement or a visible difference. Mm. You know, it's kind of human nature to be inquisitive. Mm. It, uh, it's the more overt stuff, like the comments and the things that actually are a sign that you're not a very decent human being that are more difficult to handle. But if you can rationalise and say, well, yeah, maybe if it was me, I might kind of take a second glance or I might stare a little bit at myself. Um, and that that ability to rationalise comes with time um, and comes with time to kind of really heal
0: both. See, uh, on the left side, on the outside. What you said there is, what I took from that, is when the bit where you said it says more about them, I think because people take in words so much and if they're already dealing and trying to get past something and somebody says some hurtful words and people can be very hurtful. Um, mm-hmm. And to be there, it was to be fair to them, they'd just be like, oh, it's a passing comment. But to them, they took it in deeply but it does say more about the person who's saying the comment and i think for for people that are listening if you if you have had people say stuff to you but you know you would never do that that says more about them than it does about you because if you would know you'd never put the person in that situation to feel that bad then don't feel don't allow i mean yeah it's going to hurt a little but don't allow it to feel to make you feel bad look at them and go well I feel sorry for you that you feel that you must do this and put people down to make yourself feel better or to not sometimes it's not even realizing how badly you can make somebody feel and it is about that comment is about them not you and you are you are fine as you are there is nothing wrong with you it's that comment is about them not you just what I'd say that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, that, that makes complete and utter sense. And you're right, you know, people don't understand that for them it might have been a passing comment, but for you that, you know, that has an impact on your entire day or maybe even longer. Mm. Uh, it can be incredibly hurtful. So, yeah, I think it's, I think the staring and the noticing is is human nature, but it's the way that we, we teach ourselves to behave and the yeah. way that we teach ourselves to be... Decent human beings, um, and and in a sense, children are actually really good at it. Children mm. are quite innocent; they're yeah. very naturally inquisitive, and they will ask and they will kind of grab their mum's shoulder and be like, "Mum, what's that on that girl's face?" But mm. that's very, and I quite I quite happy having those conversations with young people. You know, I go into schools on a regular basis, and mm. and I find that really valuable. Mm. Um, it's it's often adults that have built up some prejudices and built up some bias, and they're more affected by the stigma of it all because they don't quite know how to behave and they don't yeah. quite know quite awkward and you know more often than not they may or may not do it deliberately, but they tend to say the wrong things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's again because we are, we are, you know, we're, we're victims of of the media, and we are exposed to the sensationalist headlines and only ever seeing things in a medical perspective or only on villains in movies. You know, whether we do it consciously or not, that's what we're constantly exposed to. So, yeah, so it's always the uh, can't really blame did... people, but then when it is, when it is overtly either abusive or just you know, hugely insensitive, then you can't help get pissed off.
0: <laughs> I should because I think you say you you're right on the media because even in films you've always got the stunning heroine who's, you know, jaw dropping, not a fault to her, and then the villain in some way or another is in a very like very much what you say is either disfigured or some sort of scarring, or somewhere that is apparently shown as classic um, evil? Yeah. yeah. Like, there is a, a thing of The Hunchback of Notre Dame is put in, the film is put in with monsters, but monster movies, but Hunchback of Notre Dame was not a monster.
1: No, no and it is it's 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 a, it's a lazy kind of old stereotype that the film industry hasn't yet quite understood the damage that it's doing mm. you know we no longer cast women as vulnerable people all of the time we no longer you know we no longer play into those kind of gender stereotypes mm. uh, we no longer play into stereotypes about race or at least if we do we get called out on it and yes. it's, it's uproar but You know this is this is kind of going without challenge um and i don't think they quite understand how damaging it is to only ever see scars of people that are bad or vulnerable because you know it has such an impact on the way that we
0: think yeah and and as well as um because generally these movies are i i've tend to notice that these they're shot more teen viewing because if they're going for the classic baddie, they tend to be more in teen horrors and stuff like that. They don't. You don't really tend to see it more in in stuff that's for an, a more adult uh, category. Because
1: I think, I, uh, I think you, yeah, I think teen is obviously where it, there is a lot more. You know, things like Marvel movies and the recent Wonder Woman movies, and lots of superheroes. Movies that obviously have a huge teen audience, but I think the older and the younger as well. You know, The Lion King is the age old kind oh, of yeah. who has a scar and is a baddie and he's cold bloody scar. <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, that's the first film that people really remember from their childhood. I, I think, and for, I know Disney gets, but Disney's come come a hell of a long way.
0: Oh yeah, it
1: represents, but. Uh, you know, I bet even in the most kind of diverse Disney films now, there's still people with scars. Um, and pirates and things like that as well. You know, pirates have always got a wooden leg and pirates have always got, a hook on, you know, and they've always got scars. And what's oh, yeah. really interesting is, you know, if you get a child to draw someone who's scary or a villain, they'd probably put a scar on them. Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, I can, I completely agree, like, I mean, my daughter, when she was younger, she would do that all the time, and I'd be like, Should I, that one's the baddie, and I'm like... Yeah,
1: and so, the thing is, so would I, so would I, I never, you know, you don't know until you know, you don't know until someone's been affected, but also, you don't know, because it's the norm, we don't see it as offensive, we just see it as, yeah, of course, you know, yeah, let's stick a scar on him, and then he'll be a
0: bit more menacing. So, has all this changed your view of beauty?
1: I think, yeah, I mean, beauty I see in not just the stereotypical way. Mm. And, you know, it's it's a very hot topic at the moment. The the fashion and the beauty world's kind of narrow view of beauty, and it is broadening, which is a brilliant thing to behold and the way that fashion brands and things, you know, they're committing to no longer Photoshopping and no longer Photoshopping cellulite and um, stretch marks and things like that. Mm. But we still got a hell of a long way to go. Um, and I think I like to see beauty. It's, it's, it's very kind of cheesy to say that it's only skin deep, but it, you know, it, it really is. Yeah. Um, and beauty I can see in an individual and what makes someone unique and how they express themselves mm. as opposed to being kind of having a symmetrical face or having white teeth, you know, it but again, unless you've had some you know, had something happen or you've got that kind of perspective where something has influenced the concept of beauty then I can totally understand why the way that we think is shaped by what we're exposed to
0: yeah I've, I've, I've seen so many and a few of my friends have they openly admit that they're superficial and what's important is that they get their hair done right just right and don't get me wrong I'm very much guilty of spending a lot of time at a hair salon but there's a lot of time when my hair is scraped back, and I just cannot be bothered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, and they're very—they like to buy all these nice things and get their nails done, and then they'll ask me why I don't get it, and don't you want to be pretty? Well, if I didn't have a strong mindset, that would be you telling me that because I don't do the so-called. Beauty things and girl, so-called girly things as well, because men can get their nails done just as much as mm-hmm. women can. Yeah. Um, that I'm not classified as pretty. Now, That's as again, i shit, but <laughs> 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 Yeah,
1: you know, you know, I cannot say that I, I am not a slave to products. I love. You know, new makeup. I love new hair products, and I use them, and I like to get dressed up, and I like to wear nice clothes. Mm. But what I what I think is beautiful is being comfortable in your own skin, with or without. And what's so empowering is that you have a choice to be able to access these things. Yeah. Uh, and you have a choice to use it when you want to, but equally, you're comfortable and happy, and you feel beautiful without it as well. Mm. Um, and I think that's the main problem with these industries and the way that they publicise and the way they, they campaign and the way that they market is that they only use models who look a certain way. Mm. So, you feel excluded if you don't look like that. Yeah. You know, a beauty hall for someone who looks different can be an incredibly difficult experience because there's all of these kind of makeup artists and shop assistants who you know are going to judge you and try and kind of fix every possible thing about you with some sort of new product Um, and it can be really intimidating but i think you know that we should all be able to access these things because again they're a tool but also it's something that you can use to to devote a bit of time to yourself pamper yourself make yourself feel a bit of luxury as and when you can afford
0: it but it's one of those things that i've always said like a tool is a tool how it's used is down to the person a hammer in one hand can build a home a hammer in another hand can be a murder weapon Mm. it's literally from one extreme to the next but how it's used for people or against people is a completely different matter and that's where it it does end up coming down to people's mental health because they're feeling the judgment, and that judgment can affect them, and in many cases, very deeply.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're completely right, and that's and that's when it becomes really dangerous. Is when you you need these tools to feel like yourself, or you need these tools to be able to step out of the house. Um, and again, part of that might be purely down to the fact that I'm so lazy that I don't want to have to devote. I mean, you know, I. I <laughs> 10 minutes in bed in the morning rather than having to put my makeup on then i'll do it but you know that's that's where these things can be really dangerous um and where kind of marketing products can be really dangerous because if you imply that someone needs to do this someone needs to shave their legs someone needs to where foundation someone needs to cover up their spots or whatever, you know, that's when it becomes really dangerous.
0: I I once knew a a a female who was very freckly. Very freckly. Ginger hair, so you can imagine, very freckly. And she used to put so much makeup on because she hated the fact that she had freckles and she stood out from everybody else. And I was just like, but you stand out from everybody else. That's amazing. (laughs) yeah you just you stand out from everybody else like nobody's gonna be like you and isn't that what you would want for me being different would mean that you're your own person you're your own individual like I get told all the time like people will actually approach me and go do you realize you only have freckles on one side of your face I got to 33 and didn't know thanks (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much for putting it out though yeah and and i've actually had people saying to me don't you want to put a bit of makeup on to level that out well and i was i was tempted to one day draw freckles on the other side of my face yeah i mean that's cool and that and you know
1: makeup can allow you to express those sorts of things and do the things that you want to do or maybe not put paint beckles on that's a bit of high maintenance but
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh, so the thing is like i've seen how this projection of beauty has gone from or the classic form of beauty should we say um and i've seen how it's affected people and then I've, I've spoken to people on podcasts before like hope and alex that have spoke about eating disorders as well, well, and and how stuff like that has affected them. And then it can also affect when they've had that sort of stuff happen, and I've had a dramatic weight loss myself where I I lost a lot of weight, and now I'm left with, um, I used to be a size 24 to 26. I'm now a size, uh, uh, I would say, a cushiony size 10. (laughs) And... I do have extra skin. I've had two kids and all that. lot, And it it does affect me that in in some days it does affect me where I go, well, I'm never going to have that like swimsuit body where I can walk in a bikini and stuff like that. But I've had to just go, that's part of who I am. It's part of who I am. But I've had, I've, and I, I kid you not, I've had when somebody was complaining about their perfectly flat stomach, because they were saying to me, I've got this that, and the other. And I was like, your stomach is, a, to be fair, she had a terrific body. I was very jealous. <laughs> I'll be honest. And, um, and I said to her, look, you, you look at your stomach and think, wow, I guess I'm not doing this to put you down. And I showed her mine and she actually recoiled in horror. And I was just like, that oh my God! She recoiled in horror and she even said, I don't know how you would manage walking around with that. Let's just, let's at least say we are not friends now, but... <laughs> oh my gosh. But you can see why. And again, if I wasn't as strong minded as I am, mm-hmm. it would really drag me down. Like, mm-hmm. I do have my own mental health issues of high functioning, uh, depression and anxiety. I, but luckily enough, that's not related to my stomach. It's to, to do with other stuff. But I was just like, if I was in that place, watching somebody do that would be horrifying. And actually, oh, be caught, whereas I just, I had no choice but to laugh because my woman was like, you're complaining about your stomach and then you look at mine and recoil in horror. And it was just like... She never wants to... And again, that's another of their problems as opposed to your own. So exactly, and yeah. it, it it is that it it does concern that we do we're not accepting of differences. We've come far, like you said. We've come far, but just because it's come, we've got better doesn't mean to say it's gone. No, and we've
1: still got a hell of a long way to go. Mm. Um, and the fact that she recoiled, is just, I mean, you, just, you learn basic human behaviour, don't you? And that's just not what you do. Mm. And to even assume that she hadn't seen another stomach that looks like that, I mean, that's the problem because what we're exposed to is what, 1% of the population who somehow have these, well, they have good bodies because either they're born with it or they have, you know, 100-pound personal trainers an hour. But that's what we think is the norm, because that's what we see every day. That's what our feeds are kind of inundated with, is that. And that's what we think is normal, but it's not. No,
0: so and there's no such thing as normal.
1: For a, non, for, you know, for a, a, a standard that's not real.
0: Mm. Uh, making ourselves ill because of it. Yeah. And not just physically, mentally as well. Very. I, I think that's the main thing, is I, I consider myself as... Watching so many go through something that on the outside is considered beautiful, but on the inside is, I don't want to say ugly, but ugly thoughts.
1: Well, that's the thing. And, uh, you know, we all have our own insecurities and, you know, to the outside world, you might have the perfect bodily face, you know, you might be perfectly beautiful, but on the inside you might be struggling just as much as the next person, so... We take things at face value and we don't, and we assume that people are so happy because they look happy and they put on that face. Mm -hmm. Um, ultimately, we don't know what they're going through, what their you know, what their sense of self love or the way they see themselves actually is. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, and it's, you know, again, you check in with yourself and say, well, maybe that's not real. Um, but. What's terrifying is that the future generations are growing up, and they might not be able to think beyond Facebook. Um, and they and you are so heavily influenced by what's going online, and even posting your own content online. You know, I think it's social media is a great tool to express yourself, but expressing yourself in a way that's going to be out there forever. Um, before you really know yourself and before you've really got a strong sense of identity mm-hmm. can be incredibly dangerous um because you know everything's very hypersexualized mm-hmm. and particularly for young women they're expected to have bikini shots and, yeah. and you know, be made up all of the time and i don't know i look at young girls and i think they're like 18
0: but really they're probably about 13 <laughs> yes that is it is quite scary because my daughter's 15 and she does not she, does not, she definitely doesn't dress what, like most of the teenagers I've seen these days she quite happily wears big t-shirts and you know baggy jeans and stuff like that but then I see people, kids in her year and I've seen them running around in hot pants and I'm just like that's a little bit concerning because you are 15 but you look about 20 and it's it's a bit I mean I don't want to get into the whole oh, it's the parents that buy this, this and the other but for me that would be too attention seeking and if you're well, or not to attention, but it is in a form of attention seeking if you're showing off half your body to a certain extent. At that age, if you feel that showing off your body is going to get you attention, then you're wanting the wrong attention to give yourself approval of who you are. Yeah. I think that's
1: right? I think, you know, young people, getting, you know, sh- everybody should have a choice in what they wear and we shouldn't try and control them too much. But I think you have a childhood for a reason. You have a childhood to be innocent and to not care about what people think and to go out and get scruffy and just enjoy mm. being young. Um, but because of kind of all of these celebrities who are our, our influencers and our idols, you know, we with, I think, i got to sound like such a grandma saying that all the like, <laughs> you know, I've never felt it. It's, mean, um, it's, 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 it's room to, what? it's room to
0: somebody, figure out. Oh. Somebody once said to me, somebody said to me not too long ago, and I, I, not after, long after they said it, I saw a meme of it, speaking of internet, and it said, whatever happened to that awkward stage with blue mascara? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I had to laugh because I think it's it's great that we now are in the age where you can just find out stuff you and you don't have to blunder as long as uh, as as long like for as long as you had to before discovering what fits you and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean to say you have to force the adulthood within you. Just. I mean, like most people, most adults you speak to, I'm sure they'd love to go back to being a teenager again.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely, getting that sense of freedom, but, you know, having that sense of freedom in a world where you're constantly influenced by the online world, you, you know, you don't get that, and... You know, I grew up in a time where social media was just starting and my main influences my friends and my family and the people around me. And maybe if I decided to read it, like a heat magazine or whatever, I could probably decide not to. Whereas now it's it's so in your best and you can't play from it. Yeah,
0: you're right. Um, so, I think i lost my train of thought now. <laughs> I think when it comes to being, standing out and being different, I think, I think people, personally, my, my belief is you should embrace it because who wants to be a sheep when you can be a shepherd? Oh, you're cutting out a bit there sorry it's all right you come back now um (laughs) um, as i say if don't be a sheep be a shepherd and not that but being that shepherd you could be a shield for somebody else somebody who has isn't feeling mentally strong enough to stand on their own two feet and say you know what i'm struggling with my appearance i'm struggling with my weight i'm struggling in general and i think if we stand up and go you know what it's okay to be an individual even if we like things as a group we can like things as a group i'm sure there's there's, i mean there's i know there's plenty of groups out there we like things as a group but doesn't stop you from being your own individual with your own individual thoughts and if you do have freckles on one side of your face the other or you do have a scar although I'll be honest I'll tell you I've got a scar on my arm and it'll make you laugh I got stuck in the back of a washing machine with that one how <laughs> did that happen I tried to fix it by putting the belt back on it and um forgot to switch it off at the mains and got burnt by electrics oh god so we've all got our little stories <laughs>
1: you know oh, but, scars are the tattoos that we don't decide aren't they so
0: that, that definitely that. Always, is, always reminds me to check my plugs <laughs> you
1: yeah well there's a constant remember, reminder to kind of not
0: do silly things. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes and remind. I'm not a washing machine mechanic I don't know how to fix them for the best to no. <laughs> um So uh, coming to the end. So before I ask you my final question, I would like to say thank you for being on. Um, And if people wanted to know more about you, where to find you, how, how would they do that?
1: So, um, I'm across all social media, so I have a bit of an obscure name, so I'll spell it out, but it's Philida, so P-H-Y-L-L-I-G-A, Swift, and you can find me on Instagram, find me on Twitter, Um, I quite often have a big role to play on the Changing Faces charity social media as well, so I should be relatively easy to find, there is only one, even if I do have a weird name.
0: And uh, um, I will also put the links to you and everything on, on my, uh, Facebook and Instagram if they, if people want to find out more as well. So oh, thank you. No worries. Uh, final question. Um, this, I've, I've asked this to just about everybody is if you knew a person that was about to go through everything that you have gone through, but you are not allowed to tell them what they're about to go through, but you're allowed to give them free bits of, uh, free tips or free bits of advice. What would those free be?
1: I'd say remember the little things that make you use So find the things that give you a little bit of joy in your life. So when I was in hospital, I found that colouring in gave me a lot of peace. Um, I love art, so just drawing and. That was one thing that I could do at that time and that was a little thing that had such a huge impact um, things like food you know enjoying the foods that you like um, and taking the little steps um, that make you feel like you again
0: uh,
1: that's free but that's that's kind of a biggie that encompasses <laughs> <all>. <laughs> well if that's, if that's
0: what you want to give then I I'll be honest i have to agree the little things the little things that are important to make the big things happen I, I i completely agree and my take from this i said it all the way through there is nothing wrong with being an individual and if you've got questions just ask curiosity as humans is normal picking out right. <laughs> yeah, people and staring That's that's a different thing, if you point out, call it a But if you have a genuine question, what's wrong with asking? My son's autistic when he's had a meltdown, people want to know why. I'm quite happy to say, well, he's having a meltdown, he's struggling. My daughter's diabetic, she has a pod on her arm, which works as like a pancreas on the outside. And people, if they come up and ask what's on her arm, it's a pod for diabetes. There is nothing wrong with being curious, as long as you're not mean about it. Nobody likes a meanie beanie. (laughs) Uh, And on that note, people, I'm going to say good day, good brew. If you like this episode and want to listen to more, I have over 60 episodes of A couple With and they go from me talking on my own about subjects and stories of my life to others and some people i've spoken to have incredible incredible stories and that's what it's all about talking about people's stories over a cup of tea and having those open conversations so like i say if you like share subscribe rate that's all appreciated and thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this